Well, that's the magical thing about spray paint. I can actually paint a 30 foot by 60 foot building faster than I could paint a small nine by 12 canvas. I really could. I don't know, there's something about murals and doing something that large scale that it's so much more freeing than being in a little canvas. It's so tight. That seems a lot more stressful to me than to paint on a wall. That was artist and muralist Michelle Guerrero. Michelle has one of those great stories in that she graduated from the academy with a degree in illustration, with the emphasis on, you know, working in small format, maybe even children's books. But then she pivoted and went big, super big, sides of buildings, billboards in Times Square big. Hi, I'm Bobby Brill, and on this episode of Creative Mind, Michelle's going to walk us through her career and give us a peek in how the mural business works. And be sure to check out her Instagram page at MRBABBY so you can see all the work that she's doing. And don't forget to please hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to so you never miss an episode of Creative Mind. Now here's our conversation with Michelle Guerrero. How did the mural business come about if you studied illustration? Because most people when they think illustration, they're thinking tiny, small, four by six little images. How did the world of painting entire buildings come about for you as a business? The reason why I chose illustration was the appeal of the structure versus the fine art department. I feel like illustration was just more assignment based, I guess. I sort of like that just because I feel like with what I do too, you know, it's a lot of research and like learning your client. And with the with the mural thing, I, it's always intrigued me, but I just, I honestly never thought that I would be able to figure out how to do it. It just seemed like this whole other world that, that I, I knew nothing about. And so I was intimidated by it. You were intimidated by it? Yeah. But you decided to go and do it? Yeah, I just went for it. <laughs> what, what was the appeal to it? What was the appeal to going giant? I think I always wanted to. I think it was something that I was always interested in and was fascinated by. I, I don't really know the moment that I made that transition, but it just called me. It called me and so I went. <laughs> I went with it. <laughs> you just went with it? How did you begin working in murals? How did you get started into that world? When I graduated, I was working as a teacher and I was also doing like lift and a bunch of like little side jobs. I was also doing my art, but it wasn't really paying my bills. It was bringing in a little bit of money, but not so much with my canvas work. And I just kind of like was plotting, like, how am I going to make this a full-time thing? Like, how am I going to be able to like just do art? Because that's what I really wanted to do. That's, that's what I've always wanted to do. And so I thought to myself, okay, like, what if I start painting buildings, like, and I could get hired by businesses. And so with that, I kind of just pushed myself to go out there and figure out how to make that my business. And that's what I did. So what, what steps are that? Because you, if you didn't study murals in school, I, I'm guessing there's a slight difference in materials and a slight difference in where you start from illustration to murals. Where did you start with the murals? What was the first step for you? The first mural I painted was with brush. I just remember thinking like, wow, like this is crazy. Like how do people do this? This is going to take forever. This is going to take years. So I kind of thought to myself that it would be smart to at least like try to use aerosol. So I just bought a couple wood panels at Home Depot and like set them up outside and just practiced. It was really challenging at first. Like I just couldn't figure out at all. And I was about to give up, but I told myself, I was like, you know what, if I really want to do this, if I walk away today 
and don't get something that I sort of like, then I'm probably going to be intimidated and never come back to this medium. So I just sat there all day for hours. Finally, by the end of the day, I had something that looked like something. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> I, I, I have something. I could figure this out. This thing is a recognizable thing. <laughs> I, I've succeeded. Exactly. And then um, from there, I just, I don't know. I really liked it. The challenge was fun. And also like what spray paint does, it creates like these really pretty blends. And so I really liked that look and I just kind of wanted to explore it more. And so from there... I just kept practicing. And luckily there was this establishment that was called Writer's Block here in San Diego. I don't know if it's open anymore, but it has these walls and anyone's invited to come and you can paint the walls. It's just kind of like a place that people come and paint. And then the next day somebody comes and paints over you. It's like not permanent, you know, but it was a perfect spot for me to practice. That's how I started. Eventually I got good enough where I started photographing the pieces that I would create and that's how I got my whole start because then I would show those to businesses and tell the businesses that it was on a different business, even though it wasn't, you know, and that's how I started getting my gigs. Oh, wow. So, so you went full enterprising entrepreneur. I'm going to kick down doors and become a muralist, whether I am or not right now. Right. Well, I was like, at least I'm going to try it. Like, I'm going to go for it, you know? That's awesome. I want to go back just a little bit, just, you know, because I think going from illustration so i'm assuming you were doing brushwork and pen and ink and probably some digital to totally chucking it and going to spray paint that has to be a pretty big learning curve or was it easy to get into spray paint for you it was hard at first it was really hard for me to learn how to control the can and do like tiny little details that part was really really hard for me but i don't know like something about it felt right i think like I was talking about, like the spray paint has just like these really beautiful blends and you can get them in one second versus like a brush where you have to like sit there and blend it out. I love that because <laughs> it just makes everything so much easier, you know? So. <laughs> I like how you say it's just easy. It's so easy and simple. You know, people I just, spend I feel like it's years like, doing this and you're like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I think just like the blends, like I almost feel like it's cheating because it's so easy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is that history of graffiti and murals and kind of the, the conglomeration and, and meeting of the two worlds where everyone, oh, we don't like graffiti until it's amazing. And then it's like, oh, well, no, no, it's a mural now. Now it's something beautiful. Talk to me about some of those first mural projects you got. And then I actually want to, I want you to walk me through some of the, the bigger pieces you've got because, you know, now you're working with cities like the city of Chula Vista and... You've got some stuff that have been out on Times Square with Samsung. But talk to me about some of those those first little projects you got. What's the secret to getting a job as a muralist, even if it's, you know, you're your own business? In the beginning, I just felt lucky to get any business to let me paint. I would do a lot of work for trade originally. Like I would go to like a cell phone shop and have them like fix my broken screen and I would do a mural for them. For me, it was a win. Cause I was like, this is awesome. Like I'm just like putting my stuff out there and I'm building my portfolio. It was a lot of that. It was a lot of walking around. It's interesting because I've always been such a reserved, very shy, not people like I don't put myself out there at all. And so it was weird to be that 
to have to transition into being that salesman, like business guy that knocked on your door being like, hi, do you want my services? Even at the time I was offering these services for free and people would just be like, no, no, we don't, we don't. And I learned then that rejection was a huge part of it. And once I got comfortable with rejection, it was easy for me. But yeah, a lot of my clients originally were just trade and strictly just to get that portfolio. While I started building that, people started noticing. And then I started getting slowly hired by businesses that would reach out to me or, you know, I would reach out to them. And and that's how it started. Let's get into some of these projects you've done, because when somebody says I was just throwing stuff up on walls and hoping for the best, the work is awesome. I mean, we're going to promote it as much as possible. And, and we want people to go to Mr. B Baby or at Mr. B Baby on Instagram to see all your cool stuff. And we'll talk about some of the other stuff that's up there, your characters. But with the murals, I mean, this is not easy work. Murals are very time consuming. We're talking a couple of days, weeks for some of these or... Or are you just that fast? Well, that's the magical thing about spray paint. It is that fast. I can actually paint a 30 foot by 60 foot building faster than I could paint a small nine by 12 canvas. I really could. I don't know. There's something about murals and doing something that large scale that it's so much more freeing than being in a little canvas. It's so tight. That seems a lot more stressful to me than to paint on a wall. A giant piece piece that everyone can see no matter where they are. Do you find less stressful? (laughs) I don't know what it is, but that's how I feel about it. (laughs) Well, well, that's awesome. I mean, that that explains, you know, the the breadth and depth of your work. So, So talk to me about working with somebody like the city of Chula Vista. So you're based in San Diego, San Diego County. And LA County. So Chula Vista, uh, small, correct me for a small beachside community or it, it's right by Tijuana. So but okay. it's, there's a beach close by. <laughs> <laughs> it's California. So, yeah. <laughs> so small Southern California town, but still you're working with local government. How did you convince local government to let you do something that would be permanent, semi-permanent on a wall? Well, that actually came about in a weird way. I I actually got an art call sent to me that the city of Chula Vista was looking for an artist. And just by like chance, I just like reached out to them and they invited me for like an interview. And the lady who interviewed me, like ended up me and her, we just clicked, you know? And so after that, we started plotting on like ways to bring more art to the city of Chula Vista from there we decided to curate a project. I can't remember the name, but it was about basically about art history. And so I helped curate this project. I think there was 10 or 12 artists. What's different when you're discussing the idea of public art as opposed to private art or commissioner? What makes public art different for people and how do you pitch public art? Well, I think now murals are and like all that are becoming more accepted and like cities are wanting more of that and they want to be like involved in the arts. And so for me, I feel like art just brings like value to the community. It is something for the community versus, you know, like a little canvas that is like either for like a private client or whatever it may be. But when you do a mural, it's literally a gift to the community. Like everybody's going to see it. It's, it's a good time to be a muralist. Cities are really wanting that and they're really like, Besides with the COVID thing, but they're starting to really like fund that and have the money for that and stuff. So it's been a good run. (laughs) And so talk to me a little bit about that Chula Vista piece. So you've got that big piece on a bike trail. Tell me a little bit about it. 
So the one thing that she wanted was for it to be centered around art history. And so I picked a bunch of artists and we all just kind of brainstormed and thought about like what genre we were going to go for. We tried to include as many genres as we, as we could. So we all kind of sat around and figured out like which ones were best. And that's how that came about. I will say that, you know, murals are definitely part of gentrification. I keep that in mind when I create my work. And that's why I'm very prideful about keeping my work cultural. I want to make sure that that's represented and to do my part to keep that alive. So I think that just be mindful, especially like in wh what community you're working in. I think that's very important. Sometimes you have to leave the ego out the door, you know, and sometimes I don't do chucho, you know, sometimes I just do things like strictly for the community that I'm working in and think about them and that and to help keep the culture alive and to have that element in the community to really have people feel connected back to their homeland or whatever, you know, so I, I always keep those things in mind. But as far as graffiti, that's like a whole other world. So my pitch for that is it's all like different masks. It's like primitive art. But the reason why I chose that piece is because I think it's interesting that in every culture, pretty much around the world, they all have like some sort of masks. And so I thought it would be cool to represent different cultures that live here in the city of Chula Vista and to put them all together on one wall and like, it just looks like it belongs together, it goes well together. The fact that we have like these masks and they all are similar. So it just kind of goes to show, you know, unity. Because you've got tribal masks, you've got Asian or Pan-Asian masks, you've got some of them African masks and then... Uh... Mexican, there's, there's Filipino, there's all kinds of different ones. And so I just wanted to send a message of unity like how different we all are, but in the same sense, like how similar we are. And then you've got this kind of blue mask guy with a big red lip and a big red ears and a big red smile. So what is that? What, tell me about that. That one just represents me. I always have to <laughs> throw my little signature up there. That's Chucho, my character that I always paint. Chucho, this character you created, plays a pretty heavy role in a lot of your art. How did that come about? Honestly, I created him because I wanted, my sister and I went to a Society of Children's Book Illustrator convention. And at the time I was like preparing to get my little portfolio ready. I was brainstorming with my sister because we were thinking about writing a book because she's a published writer. We came up with the idea to do the popular Aesop fables, but to do this Latin twist to them. Originally, I started with Red Riding Hood, and that's when I created Chucho, and he was the wolf. Now, I don't know what he is, but he's <laughs> he's got the, the spirit of a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> but this character is pretty prevalent in all of your work. What does he represent to you? So Chucho is actually a piñata. Growing up, I dealt with a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression, and I went through a lot of dark phases in my life. So with a piñata, you know, they're meant to be broken. I always paint him. I do a lot of pieces with him, like broken, but like with plants, like kind of growing out of the cracks. And it just sort of symbolizes that through brokenness comes growth, like through all your bad experiences. It's what makes you you. And so Chucho is that for me. <laughs> and you've got him now in doll form and clothing. I mean, he's really an icon. What's uh, the plan for, for Chucho? My plan is to make a Chucho theme park. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
but uh, we'll see how that goes. Okay. <laughs> As you said, you know, you're doing a lot of Latin themed work. How much of your Latin heritage plays a part in the work you're doing? A big part of it. And honestly, it started with Originally, when I started drawing and stuff, I used to draw little characters inspired by people and situations that I would see. But I kind of stepped away from that because it was a little bit darker, too. But I, I honestly, really? yeah, it was it was pretty dark. <laughs> and then I kind of asked myself, where are you going with this? I, I want to create art for people and I want to create something that people are going to want and that they're going to recognize and, you know, associate with. And so... I just kind of looked around like my space where I lived and I was like, what do I like to surround myself with? And I realized I'm very into like the masks thing, Dia de los Muertos, all kinds of different like Mexican or Puerto Rican, just like cultural things. That's kind of where I got inspired. And I was like, I want to do something like that. That really represents me, my culture and what I really stand for, you know? And so that's how I kind of started going into that. I mean, you've got a, a pretty heavy, almost a folk art influence in what you're doing right. as opposed yeah. to mainstream artwork going back to in, in some of the murals you've got you're now getting clients or you're now searching for clients how does that work what are you doing when you're going out and getting a client are you looking at driving around looking at buildings are you reaching out to actual companies how does that look for you on the business side before you get creating what are you actually doing now the hard part of getting that check so there's definitely a lot of emailing that goes into it. And there's definitely like the moments where I spot a wall where I'm like, oh, that's perfect. And then I go in and pitch my idea. <laughs> but now actually it's been pretty great because I don't strictly rely on it, but a lot of people reach out to me now. <laughs> so it's nice. Um, it's a good know. spot to be in. Yeah, <laughs> but I still do, you know, my emailing, I find companies that I'm interested in, or I feel like our styles would kind of like go together and I reach out to them and, and pitch ideas. When but every client is so different. Like, there's always like a different story, which is what I love about being in realist is like, it's always different. There's always like something new. Give me some examples. What are some of those uh, client interactions you've had where you've just been like, what? You, you want me to do that? Or is it more of a collaboration? Well, there has been clients who ask me to do things that are completely like not aligned with my brand and what I do, which I find weird that they would reach out to me, you know, which I guess those are like strange. But for the most part, I feel like nowadays my clients know what I do. They know my style and most of them just either give me just the freedom to do whatever I want or they have like a couple key points that they want. Basically, they help me in the design process by telling me their vision and then I make it into my style. <laughs> okay. So would that be something like you pointed out some of the projects you've done with some international brands like Samsung? How did that project come about? Is that playing off of your Latin heritage or was that something specific that they wanted? They actually reached out to me and then they told me that they were looking for artists for Hispanic Heritage Month to do a billboard design. And so it was pretty open-ended like I could design anything that I wanted that just represents me I guess so I ended up doing that piece for them but it's been nice because I feel like most clients are just very open to to what I want which is great <laughs> that, that, that is great that's awesome back up a little bit and talk a little bit about you know you're doing work that's very latin themed how do you 
work your heritage into your work? Do you go, I'm a Latin artist, or I'm a Latinx artist, or does it ebb and flow, or how, how does that work? I will say this. I'm definitely the token Latinx artist because <laughs> I am who I am, and I create what I create, so I get it, you know? But... I just consider myself an artist. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I know that, that's, that's, you know, coming from me who is not Latin going, so how do you represent the Latina person? Sounds I mean, really stupid, but how, how, you know, when you're. It works. It works. It works. It works in my favor too. You know, like Latinx History Month is always popping. <laughs> so I always get my big clients around that time. So I'm okay. like, okay, that works. Okay. Uh, that, make, that makes sense. So where did the moniker Mr. B Baby come from? MRB. Michelle Ruby Brown, then baby. But to be honest, I will say this. I, I made an Instagram name and I didn't think anything when I was making it, but I was trying to paint murals and stuff. And there was like something in me, probably just from growing up and hearing what I heard, because I'd always wanted to paint murals. And I had friends who did not murals, but they did graffiti. I would always be like, hey, let me go paint with you guys. But they never wanted me to because... I was a girl and they just like had like some sort of opinion about that. I kind of made that name because I didn't want anyone to know I was a girl originally. Now that's a mistake. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for people to know that I'm a girl. You know, it actually comes in handy because there's not a lot of women doing it. There's not a lot of women muralists? No, uh, it's male dominated for sure. Really? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So t talk to me then about growing up. What knew you growing up? What was the art influence you had that pushed you to go to art school and follow this dream? I feel like my taste has changed over time. The art that I used to like, I don't like much anymore. I mean, I respect it. I respect it, but it's just not my thing. But honestly, I think it was the one thing that I was like, not. I didn't even think I was good, to be honest. I just liked it. I really, really liked it. And I wanted to be good. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I chose that. And I was like, I'm going to figure it out. You know, that's what I want to do. Were you doing art at an early age or are you just one of those annoying people who got good all of a sudden where the rest of us struggled to not be good? Oh, no, I've always drawn and painted and I sucked really bad. <laughs> and I just kind of developed. I mean, even still now, I know I have a lot of growing to do. It's just with time and practice. But I think I was always into art mainly because my mom was a single working mom. And so she would try to distract us and give us little projects, you know, so she could handle her business. And it actually worked out because, you know, it made me really love to create and be a creative person. What were some of the influences you had? I mean, the, the style you have, we can see some influences, but what was some of those big artists for you that you looked at other than, you know, some of the graffiti art and muralists around? Who were those people that, you know, laid a foundation for you? First and foremost, I'm really inspired by Charles Bragg, who is actually a San Francisco guy. I think he's still around, but he's the illustrator and he just paints like these whimsical worlds. I think that's my top guy for sure. But aside from that, I really like, it's not like one artist because it's kind of like a genre. Folk art, Mexican folk art is like my biggest thing that inspires me. And just like the masks and like the clay sculptural stuff. I always wanted to be a sculptor, to be honest. <laughs> so, so all that stuff fascinates me and inspires me a lot. What was it about Charles Bragg that clicked mm -hmm. with you? Honestly, I, I don't even know how to answer that. But I, I guess there's just something about 
his stuff that's so like magical <laughs> i don't i don't really know how to explain it but i just love his stuff and i think he's definitely worth looking into he has that absurdist kind of almost surreal visual to it that i can see some of the, the influence in your work because your work is definitely surreal was that on purpose or was it just something that kind of grew out of your time playing with it i think i've always been into that sort of style when i think art i think of like to create my own it's just more like fun for me you know so i like to create my own style and do little characters and be weird with it like the weirder the better <laughs> what was the appeal for you to go to art school i really wanted to be a good artist and i thought that i sucked and i wanted to get better <laughs> And I wanted to do art as a living, but I wanted to figure out a way to do it. And I guess maybe I thought art school was going to give me the answer, which it, it didn't. But it definitely helped polish my skills, for sure. But it, the answer I, I had to find on my own. <laughs> how did, so how did you do that? How did you find the answer on your own? Honestly, just because I wanted it so bad. I think I was just very determined to do that. I guess I, I came to a point in my life where I ended up in a really dark place. And then I had my daughter and I hadn't done anything really with my life. I had a degree, but I wasn't doing anything with it. And it just got to a point where I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do this art thing, I have to push it now. I have to do it now because if I don't, then it's never going to happen. And so I felt really pressured. Maybe it's because I was a mom, like to just figure it out like now. And, and so I, I just went really hard. Like I just chased it. I chased it. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go. And if I fail, then at least I gave it my all. And so that was like a big thing in my head that I had. I felt like it was like do or die. And so <laughs> that's kind of why I went so heavy with it, I so guess. The, well, let's talk about that. How do you balance being a parent and now a working artist? Because, you know, a lot of people, when they see, you know, you watch a movie about an artist, it's all just, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, and everything's amazing. <laughs> and, you know, we're going to paint forever, and it's going to be amazing and easy, and all they want to do is paint. But now you have a little small person who needs your attention. How do you balance your work life paradigm? Well, it's definitely not easy, <laughs> but I will say that that provides structure. So it's not that artist life, you know, where I'm just out, you know, doing my thing. I, I love that I have that to keep me in line. But I will say that I definitely am very thankful for my family because they've helped me when I travel for work and things like that. They're there to support me and my daughter. At first, they didn't see the vision at first, you know, but they're starting to, to grasp it. <laughs> So, but very thankful for, for my family. I don't think I could do it uh, without their help, for sure. Did having a child change your, your style or change some of how you do your work? Honestly, I've always been like into that childlike thing. I will say that I feel like I'm still good <laughs> forever and for always. I don't know if it changed anything as far as my style goes, you know? So as a working artist, You've got murals, you're doing commissions and shows, you've got merch. How did you structure this world as, so that we can steal all your ideas and get some, or excuse me, get some guidance from you, <laughs> not steal all your ideas, but how did you set this up? Because I think that's the hardest part for so many of us as, okay, I'm a freelance artist, I've graduated school, I've got my portfolio under my arm, and now what? 
I would say first and foremost, get your portfolio together. That's number one. Get your resume and stuff together for in case you have to like email like a bigger client that asks for that. Normally, they don't ask for that unless you're applying for like a city type of job. But definitely it's important to like have that stuff ready. And then I would definitely say aside from that to get your website up and running because your website really it's a hassle or at least for me it was because I didn't code it because it's Wix, Wix Wix.com or whatever, but I had to format it by myself, which took literally like two weeks because I didn't know what I was doing. But once you get those things out of the way, feels like there's just like a weight off your shoulder. And those are like things that you need. That's the first thing that I would do. And once you get your website, then you could just upload, depending on what you want to do, you know, of course, but you could upload your, your paintings or, you know, if you want to make t-shirts or whatever you want to do. So let's talk about a little more about that mural world then. So if I want to do a mural, you know, I, co- I say I come to you and I want to do a collaboration. Like, okay, I've got an idea. I've never done a mural before. I've got a building. I got a two-story building. I want to do one side of it. What are the things you're going to ask me that I need to know as a business owner if I want a mural? What do I need to think about? First Some people don't require it, but I think if I was a business owner, I would want my artists to be insured. (laughs) Number two, you have to think about equipment. Is your building, are you able to get on that with a ladder or am I going to have to rent a scaffold? Am I going to have to rent a lift? Those are, you know, the top two things because then that obviously determines price because renting a lift is not cheap. So, you know, you have to add all that into your total cost. And so if I, if I bring you in, let's say, you know, I get a lift, I'm not going to ask you your price because I know the price is, you know, it's always something different for everybody, you know, because those, those big corporations, they can pay more and should. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they've got budget, you know, that, that's the hardest part. Uh, but I will ask you that if I'm a business owner and I come to you and I go, okay, great. So we're going to rent a lift. What should I expect to happen when you show up to do a mural? So first, my process is I buff the wall, one solid color, whatever my background color is going to be. There's two methods. I'll walk through the first one and it's like a grid method. I don't use a projector or anything like that. But if I do a very large scale thing, the method that a lot of muralists use and they pretty much draw like a bunch of little symbols all over the wall and it looks like just out there for me I'm always like embarrassed when I do it because people are probably thinking like I'm like on drugs or something because it looks just like crazy but that I use as a grid method so I, I lay this out I lay out all these little hatch marks and stuff and then I take a picture and then from there I go on my procreate or you know my photoshop and I lay out my drawing but I do it like a transparent like so you can kind of see behind it that way I know exactly where to put my lines if that makes sense and so I'm able to know exactly where everything goes and so I get my piece of chalk sketch it out and then bam we're ready to paint (laughs) okay and and then it's you know anywhere from a few days to a few weeks depending on what we want to do yeah I think like four days is the most I've ever spent on a mural Oh wow! and then for you as a muralist is it a one-time fee or is there upkeep or is there retouching if somebody vandalizes it or something like that, is that part of the business you have as well? My contract states <laughs> that, you know, that I will come back and fix any sort of damages or repairs, but it's not, that is a different 
set of uh, negotiations. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. When you are pricing stuff out, do people, are people shocked at how much a mural costs? Because I know a lot of people say murals are a great business, but is, is it a surprise for people or is it, are you pretty busy? Honestly, it just depends who I talk to. Like, there's people who are definitely shocked. And then there's people who I wish I would have told them more because they're like, oh, that's it. <laughs> so, you know, like, it just depends. I think the bottom, bottom, bottom is like to do a mural is like a grand, a thousand. And then it goes to like 30 grand for okay. experience. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. So, so when people say that this is a good business, this is a pretty good business if you have the talent to do it. If you have the talent, yes, of course, you, you need talent. But I think it's like a business. You have to be like skilled in business. You have to be skilled at talking and selling and selling yourself. And I think that's the key because I've seen a lot of muralists get these amazing jobs in there. It's not always about skill. I hate to say it, but it's just about being a good businessman. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I, you know, I, we hate to poo-poo an artist, but I agree. I have seen some work and you're like, Wow, somebody got paid for that? Yeah. And the art world is also very, like, who you know, unfortunately. I will say that. I mean, and not saying that you can't make those connections. It's like a tight-knit thing. I don't know. But I try to stay in my own lane. I'm in my own world. I I do my own thing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So talk to me then about what's the five-year plan, if there is such a thing for you. What, What is the goal with either if it's with murals or with your brand? What is it that you are looking to put out there and to be known for? You know, it's funny when people ask me this because I feel like I want to do exactly what I'm doing now, except I just want to be making double (laughs) what I'm making now. And then the vision truly is to expand it. Like it sounds silly, but the business layout that I really like and look into is this company called Rip and Dip. (laughs) I don't know if you've heard of them. I don't necessarily like their brand aesthetic, but I like how they run things. They have everything that you could think of, like an ice cream truck. They just pretty much have just branded the hell out of you know, this little character. And that's my plan. I just want to keep putting him out there. And I don't know how far it's going to take me, but hopefully it'll be me riding a roller coaster themed where, you know, it's him. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see. In studying illustration, and again, now you're doing large scale mural pieces, totally different from what you studied. What held with you from the academy that you are still using or still utilizing? Were there any nuggets of wisdom, any gold there that you found that really has been pushing you through? Yeah, absolutely. And even though it is different, it's not that different. I feel like I still utilize all of the skills that I learned just on a larger scale. But I think, you know, the most important part was really you know, I was pushed out of my comfort zone and like made to do things that I typically wouldn't want to do that I found extremely boring, like still lives. I felt like it's like old people things, but those things are what really like helped push my skills and where I was able to understand form. And that's how I'm able to create my own world and my characters is by, by understanding that, by knowing things like how light hits hits objects and stuff those are definitely skills that I took away as well as just you know like I sharpened my drawing skills a lot and just drawing things that I didn't want to draw but it really did help and so you know for all the boring classes that I had to take I'm glad I was forced to do it (laughs) that's what I'll say (laughs) what advice do you have for that little girl or boy that really likes art and likes 
drawing on a wall and playing around with crayons and, and paint. What advice can you give them as an actual working artist? I would say if you want to pursue art, find your voice, find your unique voice and run with it and try not to get too sucked in and inspired by that's why you know I have a hard time answering like who inspires me because I try not to be too inspired by anyone because I want to create my own thing and I think that's why I've been able to get to the place that I'm at because nobody does what I do no one could you got to call me for what I do you know you can't call you know somebody else so that's what's helped me move along by just being unique doing it that way and so I think that's my number one advice, find your voice. And number two is just, if you want it, you just need to get out there and rejection is part of it. People have different tastes. It doesn't matter if your art is amazing or whatever, or even if it's horrible, there's going to be somebody that loves it. You know, don't be so caught up in people's opinions. Just do what feels right for you and and run with it and if you want it just be determined and just go get it and don't take no for an answer <laughs> so there you have it a quick peek into the world of murals those great large-scale artworks that really put their stamp on a city so if you're interested in creating murals or a career in art and design know that employers are always on the hunt for the next generation of talented and of course skilled creative professionals and at Academy of Art University, you will get those work-ready skills that employers want. You can study on-site in downtown San Francisco or anywhere in the world with our online programs. To request info about our 40-plus areas of study in art and design, including game development, fine art, even murals, visit our website at academyart.edu slash creative mind. I'm Bobby Brill. Thanks for listening.